The NBA Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. For every $25 you bet on college basketball, WinBet is giving you a chance to win a trip to Las Vegas. Yes, Las Vegas to go to March Madness and $1,000 in free WinBet credits. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com and start winning today. We're also brought to you by PropSwap. America's marketplace to buy and sell sports bets. Use promo code SGP on your first deposit to receive up to $500 in bonus cash. Head over to PropSwap.com or download the PropSwap app. We're also brought to you by Stable Duel. Stable Duel is a horse racing DFS app where you can play free and paid games for real cash prizes. Win as much as $15,000 with one entry. Head over to StableDuel.com and start today. And don't forget to download the SGPN app. You can get all of our free picks and podcasts. Yes, sir. We're back. We're back. We're back. We're back. We're back. We're back. I'm back. They were back on Tuesday. I'm back today. So it's Thursday. You know what it is. Villain Rail is in the driver's seat. And I'm not even going to bring Scott on right now because I'm going to take my victory lap. The victory lap has been waiting for too long. The people wanted to hear the victory lap, and I'm going to give it to them because the New York Knicks, they are not going to hold me down for long. Yes, I was slightly depressed a little while ago. I have now X that team out of my life, and I am on the bigger and better. And now I will finally take the victory lap of all victory laps because both of these teams are playing today. And I have to let you know that the Boston Celtics will always, always let you down when you least expect it. Well, me, when I most expect it, because when everybody else least expect it, that's when you fade them and I come up. A plus 550 money line cash for the Detroit Pistons against the Boston Celtics. That 12 and a half didn't even stand a chance the entire game. The entire game, 12 and a half, didn't, they weren't even up double digits at all in the game, at all. Didn't stand a chance the entire game. Huh. I just don't know what to tell you, man. They tried their best Toronto Raptors impression, and they failed. They failed. They tried to give all the minutes to five guys. They really did. They really, really did. But they failed. And Kay Cunningham, although he shot 36%, still had 20, 20 points. Jeremy Grant comes and gives you a game-winning bucket. And then, luckily, luckily, Jason Tatum misses the shot because he cooked Jeremy Grant on the other end of the court. <laughs> And Jason Tatum misses the shot to win the game, and they come out with a one-point win on a plus 550. You should have got uh, 600. I think I got 600. Plus 600 money line is who? And the funny thing is, earlier that day, I think, I think it was that day, somebody had asked me, are we taking the Celtics out of auto-fade? Absolutely not, because of moments like this. They, the Celtics should have beat the shit out of Detroit Pistons. The Detroit Pistons suck. They're not good. They are not good. They should have beat the shit out of them. And the fact is that when you're giving me double-digit points with the Boston Celtics like that, and everybody is telling me that, oh, yeah, the Celtics are just going to win. Even if they don't cover, they're just going to go ahead and win. That is the utmost time to fade the Boston Celtics. Absolutely utmost time. It's great. It's great. So, yes, the victory lap is here. We are riding in our chariot. Villain Rail has come back to a life of villainy, terrorizing 
the books with these huge money line wins. And now I have my man, Scott Rochelle, joining me on the Thursday show where things get crazy, Scott. Things get crazy. We Things can draw out here. We can talk for a little bit. We can talk about games. We give out winners, a whole bunch of winners. Scott, how's it going? You had me at we can talk about games because that's the crazy part. We're finally back. It's post-All-Star break. We actually got some action. Do you think the break's a little bit too long? I get to do the All-Star break on Sunday. You couldn't have maybe brought it back on Wednesday? You had to wait till Thursday to bring back the schedule? No, I think it's fair because then the guys that play in the All-Star break don't really get a break. Like It's like everybody yeah. else gets a break, and then those guys have mm-hmm. to just continue, keep going. You know, just, At least they get, like, maybe depends on what the schedule looks like. Probably fly back and hang with the family for a day or two or something like that and then come back to the practice facility and things. So uh, I think it's all right. I think it's boring on our part just missing <laughs> NBA for that long. But – College basketball has done its thing and held us down for a little bit. We just need something else, something else to suffice. Maybe we, maybe we need to get into golf. Maybe we need to get into golf, and we just start betting random golf weekends. So even though, of course, this is obviously a basketball podcast, did you feel a little bit of emptiness this past Sunday when there was no football for the first time in, like, six months? So I did. And then I gave out free a whole bunch of winners during All-Star break, and I felt a lot better. But there was a pit of emptiness. There is still a pit of emptiness. And I'm absolutely – now I'm locked into the combine, and I'm locked into the NFL draft and just making money there okay. because my lock last year cashed – well, two of my locks. My first lock was uh, Trey Lance being drafted third by the 49ers because I just want to know who the fuck – said that the 49ers were training up for Matt Jones. Matt fucking Jones. Who said that? Who who declared that Matt Jones was, oh, Matt Jones is the guy. So when I was getting plus money with Trey Lance for him to be the third overall pick, it was a no-brainer, and that cashed very early. And then the second was Devontae Smith uh, under 11.5 for the draft because I had the intel that the Giants were going to take him at 11. Mm-hmm. And that was a that was a done deal. They were going to take him as eleven, and then you know the Philadelphia Eagles did their you know same mm-hmm. lame bullshit where they jumped ahead of us and stole him right before we drafted. But it's the under still cash, so it was all right. Well, I know you mentioned the combine stuff. Truth is, I am a bit of a combine middling demon because I will shop around and bet on forty yard dash times and get middles <laughs> on like all of the key players. And then all it takes is one, man. I mean, because worst case what? is, I mean, you're going to lose a little bit of juice one end or the other if one side wins really? or not. I've landed a decent amount of middles in the past on combine, like 40-yard dash times. I mean, the limits are really? low, but you hit one, you make a couple hundred bucks. Like, I'd recommend trying it out. Holy shit. I know. I Yeah, I'm going to do it now, but that, that sounds fun. Yeah, that sounds fun as hell. All right. This is what happens. We get here. We talk about football. We talk about golf. We talk about anything. It doesn't matter. But you know the heat of it is going to be the National Basketball Association. And we are back on the hard court today. Let's go ahead. But let's go ahead and make the transition from the NBA to college basketball. Because guess what? WinBet has a massive college basketball contest going on. The grand prize winner will receive... Reserve seating for reserve seats 
at the world-renowned Win Las Vegas Racing Sportsbook for early round action of the college basketball tournament. You get that on March 17th, Thursday, March 17th, and Friday, March 18th. So you'll get four seats as well as two rooms at Win Las Vegas for a two-night stay. In addition, they will be awarded $1,000 in free bets on WinBet. Any WinBet patron that places a minimum of $25 on a, cash, on a college basketball game during the promotional period will become eligible for the prize, and players can take advantage of the offer immediately. There is no limit to the number of entries that a patron can receive into the prize drawing. For example, if a patron wagers $1,000 on college basketball during the promotional period, they receive 40 entries. Offer subject to change, terms and conditions at winbet.com. Must be 21 or older and pre present in the state where play through WinBet is available. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, please call 1-800-522-4700. And did you know that browsing online using incognito mode doesn't actually protect you or your privacy at all? <laughs> it's right like without added security you might as well just give away all your private data to hackers advertisers your isp and other prying eyes look guys i'm deployed right now we all know this if you've been following me you know i'm deployed right now i can't just have everybody knowing where i'm at at any given time this is not how it works out here that's why i use ip vanish vpn to make it easy to stay truly private and secure on the internet ivp ip vanish whoo ip vanish helps you safely browse the internet by encrypting 100% of your data. That means that private details, passwords, communications, browsing history, and more, including location, will be completely shielded from you falling to, shielded and keep it from falling into the wrong hands. Even your physical location will be hidden like mine. IPVanish makes you virtually invisible online, and it's that simple. You can use IPVanish on unlimited devices without sacrificing speed, on your tablets, computers, phones, devices. Hey, even a fire stick. You got a fire stick and you want stuff on a fire stick, you can put IP Vantage that on that as well. Whether I'm at home or in public or deployed, I don't go anywhere without IP Vantage anymore. IP Vantage is offering an incredible 70% off their yearly plan for our listeners with a 30-day money-back guarantee. So try it. Just try it. 30 days. If you don't like it, you got 30 days, you get your money back. Just try it. So it's like getting nine months, nine months for free. IPVanish is super easy to use. All you have to do is tap one button and you're instantly protected, just like that. You won't even know what's on. Stop sharing all your information with the entire world and just lock in. Just lock in. It's very that easy. So take your privacy back today with the brand that's rated 4.6 out of 5 on Trustpilot. Go to ipvanish.com slash SGP and use promotional code SGP and claim your 70% off savings. That's I-P-V-A-N-I-S-H dot com slash SGP. Scott, the people have been waiting long enough. Let's just go ahead and get into the games. It's been a while since we've done this. I'm actually looking forward to it. First game on the slate, we have the Cleveland Cavaliers traveling to Detroit to play the Detroit Pistons, the aforementioned Detroit Pistons, the plus 600 money line winning Detroit Pistons. The Cavs are laying six. 208 is on the total. This total has come crashing down. It opened at 212 point and a half, and it's now at 208. And the line's come and come down a little bit too. Opened at seven and a half, and it's now at six. 
going into the injury report, you reminded me right before the podcast. I didn't even pay attention. I, I completely missed this. But Darius Garland and Karis LeVert are both out for this game. Laurie Markkinen is probable with the ankle injury. Going over to the Detroit Pistons, Frank Jackson is probable for this game, and that's about it. He's, he had a back injury. Scott, what are you doing with Detroit catching six points at home? I'm going to take Detroit, and I'm not exactly thrilled by it, of course, because Detroit isn't a good team, and I'm also not overreacting to the win over Boston, but I'm looking at the Cavs without Garland, which has been the case for a decent portion of the last couple of weeks, and mm-hmm. Cleveland looks significantly worse when he's not on the court. Well, Vert, of course, was the recent big trade piece they made. I know he's still getting acclimated, but we know that he's a good offensive player. I feel like Detroit being at pretty much full strength makes them undervalued in this spot because uh, Cleveland's going to be using a couple of bench guards, of course. Now, they've been good anyway, but you're going to give me six with a home team against a team that's missing. It's starting two guards. I'm not exactly thrilled for the spot for Cleveland, I'm going to take Detroit. You? I am struggling here because while this is a really good spot for Detroit with those guys out, they're catching a home game after the All-Star break. I can't ignore the fact that they hit 16 threes when they played that game against the Celtics. Yeah. And they went so it was 16 for 30. That's over 50%. It's 53.3%. That's amazing, and that's I, I'm not 100% certain that they're going to get that level of production again. Detroit did and beat so, Cleveland in the last meeting, though. Just throwing that out there. Yeah, and I think that this is a little bit of a get-back spot for Cleveland here, and there's just been so many times this season that we've known Cleveland to be short guys, and they still find ways to get these wins. Now, granted, majority of those times they are – you know, they're catching points in those situations. Now they're laying six and a half. But I'm not I'm not too quick to just get back on Detroit here because ultimately I think that they're gonna have their hands full with Jared Allen down low. Mm-hmm. I think Evan Mobley is a nat- is a matchup nightmare for them. And if I'm playing anybody's prop, it's probably Evan Mobley's prop today. I just see him just taking off after the all-star break and going crazy in this game, especially a matchup between top picks and him and Kate going at it. That's going to be fun to watch them on both sides of the court and see if anyone, either one of them can put up a really nice day. But it's also the questions that I have with Kate Cunningham and Kate has been decent. He's been well, the shooting numbers are not very good. They're not. He he was 36% in that game in a game where they shot 40, 46% from the field, 53% from three. Kate was 36%. And so he's not really helping them in that aspect. And if he's not making them better in that aspect, he's making them worse in that aspect. That's not going to do better for a really well-coached Cleveland team that I think is really going to be trying to keep the stride going after the All-Star break and solidify themselves as one of the top seeds in the Eastern Conference. I'm just going to fade the bad teams after the All-Star break. I'm just going to fade the really bad teams and – Detroit is not a good team, so I'll take Cleveland in this spot. Yeah, the way that I look at it, first of all, when Detroit did win the last meeting by 10, Cunningham went 6 for 21. He shot terribly, but he did have a triple-double, so I guess he made up for it in other aspects. But it's also just 
kind of on principle for me. If Cleveland's missing two of their best scores and the totals at around 208 and a half, I'm not going to lay points when I think it's going to be a pretty low scoring game. I do think there is some value because each point is more valuable when the total is supposed to be lower naturally. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. since Detroit's an awful team, I'm not saying they're any good. If I'm not going to take them at home in this spot against a, I don't want to say depleted Cavs team, but an injured Cavs team, I don't know when I'm ever taking Detroit. Like, this is kind of, I don't know what more you want for a spot. Like, for an excuse to take the Pistons. So, I'm going to take it. So, going back to the total, here's a little trend for you. Since 2005, first two days after the All-Star break, the overs are 170, 43, and 5. So, that's 54%. And I'm getting this from John Ewing on Twitter. Okay. He tweeted this out uh, per Bet Labs, so he's getting his information from Bet Labs. So, 54% of the overs are since 2005. This one doesn't even really apply, but it may. I didn't. I haven't looked at yet tomorrow's games yet, but it may apply tomorrow. In games where both teams have losing records, the over is 56, 30, and one, 65%. That's incredible. But so it looks like it's a little bit more of an overs trend. You know, a little over 50%. Uh, 54% is pretty good. Going into that, I wouldn't be surprised if this game went over. I really wouldn't because I think that it's going to – Cleveland's scoring is going to come from their bigs. So it's going to come from Kevin Love. It's going to come from Evan Moley. It's going to come from Jared Allen. And I really don't think that anybody on Detroit really matches up. I mean, you could throw Marvin Bagley down there as like kind of a bigger body, and Isaiah Stewart is a little bit of a stronger guy. He may not be as big as – you know, you like to see a traditional center, but he's a stronger guy. I, th- I don't know. It, it, this is tough. This is the, one the that total, I, I think myself going back and forth. For me. Yeah, I think – yeah, I, I don't know. This, going far that down, I think there's somewhere in the middle. It may not go over 212, but I don't think it goes under 208. I'm sure it's, it's middled in there somewhere. I'm just looking at the shooting numbers from the last meeting. It landed 220. I mean, the first game was just disgusting to watch. First game was a 98 to 78. Second meeting, though, both teams shot 46 plus percent from the floor and 38 plus percent from three, and each team attempted 25 free throws. It seemed like a lot went right offensively in the second meeting. I think yeah. you will see a bit of regression in pretty much all three fronts. So that's why I'm leaning under instead of over. Yeah, I think I think Detroit regresses shooting tonight. Yeah, yeah give me caps. All right, moving on. Next game, we have the, again, the aforementioned Boston Celtics, the losers of their last game where they were favored by 12 and a half points that I expertly called. Versus the Brooklyn Nets where I have no idea who's playing for them. <laughs> we don't know who, who's playing for them. Boston is currently catching – I just had it. Whoops. So they're catching they're nine. laying nine. Yeah, yeah. So, oh, they're laying nine. Boston is currently laying nine. Total is sitting at two fourteen and a half for the injury report. Let's see what's going on here. We have the Brooklyn Nets, where Ben Simmons is still out. Doesn't doesn't have a date for his debut yet. Gordon Dragic is now on the Brooklyn Nets. He is not playing in this game for conditioning reasons. Kevin Durant is still out. Kyrie Irving cannot play because it is a home game. However, 
as Scott talked about earlier in previous episodes, New York is considering lifting their vaccine mandate in upcoming weeks, which will make Kyrie Irving available for future home games. However, not this one. And then Joe Harris is... He's probably out for the year. I mean... I mean, I just don't don't even know what to expect. He's had multiple setbacks with the knee. He's not going to come back. Yeah, okay. And Boston is pretty clean on injury report today. All right. Scott, your Brooklyn Nets are catching nine at home against the Boston Celtics. What are you doing? So, before I get into my thoughts on this game, this comment's probably going to make you laugh, but I got to mention it. How badly do you think TNT wanted to flex this game? Because the last time that they had this matchup a couple weeks ago, they were taking jump-ins to the Sun-Sixers game for pretty much the entire fourth quarter because the Celtics were up 35. And now you have the exact same matchup on TNT like two weeks later. So I'm almost positive that they were begging to get the Detroit and Cleveland game. Like begging, begging for them to flex to Detroit and Cleveland. Just because at least you get to see two top picks. (laughs) <laughs> in this previous year's draft, go at it. No, so they're, they're sick. And it feels like TNT's been getting the short end of the stick a lot this year. Like, as you look at the games as they come, it's like, wow. Wow. We, they really got a couple, like, how injuries and all that stuff played mm-hmm. out. They got a lot of bad games recently. It's usually a split. TNT usually has one good game per night and one bad game. I, I feel like that's no, it's been like it, it was one of those nights where they're like, I think they said it. They were like, this has to be the worst night of basketball mm-hmm. we've ever had. <laughs> I'm saying in general this season. It seems like yeah. usually when you get two games, one is good, one's pretty bad. Yeah. So, no, they 100%. And, I mean, both of these games have the potential tonight to get really, really ugly. So, um, what are you what are you doing here? Plus nine. Oh, God. I, I don't think I can take the Nets. I really want to just because of the fact that it's such a good revenge spot where you get embarrassed by 35 pre-All-Star break and now you have a chance to come back. I'm sure a lot of people are just going to bet the Celtics because of what happened in the previous meeting and the fact that the Nets are still missing their main guys, their main mm-hmm. three guys, and now Dragic also can't play. You know the drill. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go with Boston. I know that they had a terrible show against Detroit right before the All-Star break, but... I just saw this team kill the Nets by 35. The Nets can't guard Tatum. They can't guard Jalen Brown. Robert Williams is the damn boogeyman for this team. The Nets can never stop Robert Williams. He just walks into four blocks in the first half every time they play. I just don't know where the Nets are supposed to have any success. Drummond on the inside can maybe get you 20 rebounds if you give him 25, 30 minutes. I like Seth Curry, but he's going to get torched on defense. The Nets just don't have many guys. It's not their fault because a lot of their main guys are injured. But if you're going to rely pretty much entirely on Seth Curry, Patty Mills, and Cam Thomas as your offensive weapons, I got to take Boston. I I don't think they're going to win by 30 again, but I think they'll win by 13, something like that. I'll go with the Celtics. I'm not laying that many points with Boston. I don't, I don't blame feel you. comfortable. I don't feel comfortable with their rotation. I don't think Boston even knows what they want to do with their rotation. But at least they're rested now because they had about a four days off. They so, even, so that helps. And so they're getting and they're getting some like Marcus Smart should be playing in this game. So they're getting some of their guys back. But I'm still 
that doesn't make me feel any more confident that they, they understand what they want to do with this team right now. Mm. And all it takes is for one of Jalen Brown or Jason Tatum to have a bad shooting night, and this can get really ugly for the Celtics. And this they can they can hang around in this game. Like the Nets can honestly hang around in this game if somebody isn't on for them. And so, I, in a game where I think it's going to be a lot of points, nine just feels like a lot for me to give up to this team where the Nets have actually been playing better basketball since the trade happened. And I, it's I just want like to kind of, though. Do you think there's going to be a lot of points in this game? Yeah, I do. I do. Okay. Yeah, I, I think this is like this is one of those games where I think the over is going to because I don't think anybody from the Nets is stopping anybody. And yeah. I think the Nets can actually score. Like they actually have some – there's just a bunch of role players playing. Like that's really all it is. It's just a bunch of role players playing in the game. But those role players have the ability to go out there and put up points. It's how efficiently is it going to come. And that's really what's going to determine whether this nine is – whether this nine is going to cover or not is how efficiently are these points going to be scored? Because if it's not efficient, they're not going to hit nine. But if it's efficient, then they'll hit the nine. Yeah. And again, this team just gave up fifty three percent to the Pistons from three, and now you got Patty Mills, Steph Curry, you got Cam Thomas out there who should be getting more minutes. And don't look now, but I'm expecting something from my guy Kessler Edwards. He, I haven't I haven't heard from him in a little while. I'm expecting something from my guy Kessler Edwards to show up. So. I'll say I'll blindly take the plus nine with the Nets. I'm not, but I like the I like the over more in this game. Okay. I mean, I feel like the key number you're looking at for the Nets is somewhere in the low hundreds. If you like the over, because even though yep. you talked about efficiency against this and Nets defense, Boston should really score like 112. Like I, they should get into the one tens. So I agree with you on the over. I'm going to disagree with you on the side. I understand your points. I do just think that this Nets team without the main guys is just not very good. And I know that mm-hmm. they looked better against the Knicks. They looked better against the Kings. I saw them lose by 14 to the Wizards. Like, the Wizards yeah. suck. Like, I, I watched that game. I was on the Wizards that game, too. I was on the Wizards that game. Well, we both liked yeah. the Wizards in that game. But the point is, is I think that... we broke that down. We did. They gave yeah, up was 39 in the fourth quarter to the Wizards. Like, I have a really hard time trusting this Nets defense. No, 100%. And the Boston defense been one of the best in the league. So I feel I feel kind of weird taking the Nets in this spot with Boston having one of the best defenses in the league. But the Nets just – they're playing unorthodox style ball because they don't have anybody that's dominantly going to just carry the ball for them, that's going to mm-hmm. carry the team. So it's very unorthodox. And I think that's something that can catch them off guard, similar to how the Pistons caught them off guard because the Pistons kind of play a little unorthodox as well, not 100% yeah. buying into giving Kate, you know, all mm-hmm. just – the offense and giving the ball to Katie, they're not 100% bought in on that. And so I think it was a little bit weird for them to see. And I think this is another game that would be a little bit weird for Boston to see. I think this I think this Celtics game, if you like the Nets, it's the same game parlay opportunity. Just take mm-hmm. Patty Mills or somebody over in three-pointers. Because yeah, if the 100%. Nets are going to cover this, they will need to hit like 15 plus threes. Like that's really their only method. And you know, based on how Steve Nash plays, he already gravitates towards taking a bunch of threes. But if you're mm-hmm. looking at Seth Curry, you're looking at Patty Mills, hell, even if you think Kessler Edwards catches makes one or two from the corner, I yep. do think it's a decent spot for a same-game parlay if you like the Nets. Because if they are going to keep up, they're going to need to make a decent amount of three-pointers. Yeah. Would you agree with that? 100%. Uh, yeah, 100% agree. And granted, I still do think Boston wins this game. I just think it's a little bit closer. Once it got over eight, 
that's yeah. when I, I leaned into the Nets territory. But I do still think Boston wins this game. All right. What's next? Next game on the slate. We have the Phoenix Suns traveling to the land. OKC. To play Oklahoma City Thunder. They are laying 10. It's opened up at 7.5. They're now laying 10. OKC. Two eight oh well, was two eighteen and a half on the total. Let's go into the injury report, and this is really for the Phoenix Suns. It's the big news that Chris Paul is going to be out out for six to eight weeks with a mm-hmm. fracture on his right thumb, and which is really wild. Uh, did we talk about this on episode three hundred? I don't know. What, if we what that he was playing in the All Star game or that he got injured? That yeah, that he was injured playing an All Star game. He played two minutes. But yes. yeah, but but the fact that he went out there, it was still, and you could see like he was he was playing with one hand, and it was really yeah. just for for show. He wasn't trying to actually do anything or anything like that. But I don't know. It's still, you know. Well, hey. I had questions on Levine in the three point contest, but then it turned out he was actually healthy. It just so happened that he became healthy, and the first During thing after was the three point contest. <laughs> so that was the yeah. difference there. It surprised me. I feel bad for whoever would have been the replacement for Donovan Mitchell because he wasn't able mm-hmm. to play. He's ended up getting an illness, non-COVID. But I feel like you could have tried to at least elevate somebody ceremoniously. Somebody was there. Yeah, somebody spot. was there. Yeah, but like, get somebody you know how they did Mike Conley. How yeah. they did Mike Conley last year. They definitely could have did that for somebody. Yeah, I think 100%. they could have. But... All right, yeah. So, there will be without two-point guards. Not only Chris Paul, but they'll also be without Cameron Payne, who was ruled out with this game for a, with a wrist injury. Going over to OKC and... Uh, Kenrich Williams remains sidelined for this game with a knee injury. Mike Muscala, it remains out with an ankle injury. Lou Dort is out with <laughs> with a shoulder injury. That, that's really Ty the Jerome, only one that matters. If, if we're yeah, that's really the, that's really it. Uh, Ty Jerome is out with a hip injury. Wow, you forgot to mention one though. Shea's not on the injury report. He's not. That is that is very interesting. I didn't. Did they just take? I thought he was done for a while, long, a lot longer. No, Bob. They they said he was going to be out till the All Star break. I guess they literally meant till the All Star break because he's back in the line. Oh shit! Oh, all right. Well, that's. I mean, that's interesting to me. I didn't. I thought that they just took his name off because he's been out for so long. I didn't realize that. All right. They are catching ten at home. It's a lot of home dogs today. Yeah. What are you thinking there? So of course, I love the Suns as a team. I got Monty Williams to win coach of the year. I got the Suns to win the Western Conference. I've been all over this team from the get-go. But tens <laughs> a lot of there points. There we go. Tens a lot of points. Because you're on the road. Of course, anytime Phoenix travels to any place now, they have a target on their back because they're going to be the number one seed in the Western Conference. Yes. They're six and a half up. Like it's just going to happen. Oklahoma City is a team that isn't very good, but they cover. They are a team that hangs in there for no apparent reason. Giddy, of course, has been a triple-double machine lately. Shea is a tremendous player. I think he might be top 20, and he's finally mm-hmm. back. I'm not sure how many minutes he's going to play, but, of mm-hmm. course, him being back is huge. But you're looking at the Suns. Do you want to lay 10 points with no Chris Paul on the road against an OKC team that's getting his best player back? I don't. Now, you can make a case that I'm not going to take the Thunder to win the game, but I just saw Phoenix struggle against Houston where they won by three when CP3 got ejected 
in the second quarter, and they had to play the second half without him. They won anyway, but they didn't look great. Ten seems like a ton here. I'm going to take the Thunder. Yeah, I hate to agree with you again, but, well, no. We haven't agreed at all, actually. <laughs> so, first time I'm agreeing with you today. Yes, I'm on OKC here. I think the determining factor is Shea being in the lineup. So, Shea next to Giddy. And Giddy, I'm interested to see how this how this continues to work with the emergence of Josh Giddy during this time that he was out. We knew who he was, and we knew he was really good. But now it seems like he really – really, really should have the ball in his hands and let Shea come and play off ball a lot. And that could that could be amazing for them. I can see – I'm actually on Shea points over now that I know he's playing. I'm, on his, I'm just automatically playing his points over in this game. This could be something along the lines of this is a close game for three and a half quarters and the Suns pull away in the last minute and get a win. Can the Suns have fourth quarter magic when Chris Paul's not on the court? I think that's the real question. That is. That is a very good question because he's been great. And I think he's one of the best players in the league in the fourth quarter. Yeah. I, I think that I'm scared of this game because there's going to be an urgency from the Suns to make sure that they – it doesn't look like they lost a step with Chris Paul out. Mm-hmm. I think that that's going to be an emphasis item for them. They are going to want to make it look like they do not lose a step with Chris Paul being out. They want everybody to say to understand that, yes, Chris Paul is, you know, NBA 75, future Hall of Famer, all of that. However, we are really good without them, and we can get this done without them. So I do think that everybody else is going to have a step up of urgency. But this line jumping from 7.5 to 10, I'm not willing to, I'm not willing to play the 10. I would have laid the seven and a half and just prayed for the best. I'm not sure that I'm willing to get up in the 10 territory. I can see this being kind of close. Suns hit a really big basket, and then you're playing the foul game, and it just kind of hangs underneath that 10 number. So give me the OKC Thunder plus the 10 here. I think I don't think it's a bad play at all. I think if you want to take the Suns, don't bother. Just take Booker points over. Because if they're going to cover 10, Booker's going for 35. Absolutely. Like that, that's just what's going to happen. I can see this be like a 35 and 35 game between him and Shea. Yeah, and I feel and like Giddy, you make an argument Giddy that – eats on those yeah. assists. I was going to say, Aiden, I want to say we'll have a huge game because he really should torch Roby on the inside. Yeah. But Aiden has really not been as big of a factor this season. A lot of it's because Phoenix went from no depth at the center position last year to being extremely deep because you have McGee mm-hmm. and you have Biombo. So you don't mm-hmm. have to rely on Aiden as much as you did in the past. Mm-hmm. Booker's just going to have the ball in his hands the entire time. So I do think that Booker, if you like the Suns tonight, just put in Booker 30, 35 plus because I don't think Oklahoma City can guard him. And I think we would agree mm-hmm. if Phoenix is going to cover, Booker's going to pretty much go nuclear in this game. Pretty much. Yeah. Pretty much. It ha- it, he effectively has to. So, yeah. All right. Any thoughts on the total before we get up out of here? I'm going to go with the over. Because the Suns, of course, play a little bit slow because of Chris mm-hmm. Paul being there. Now he's not. And Holiday's a young guy. Of course, he's a lot worse than Chris Paul, but he likes to run. And the Suns have mm-hmm. a lot of guys who are able to excel in transition. It's really kind of funny because the Suns would be a full transition team if they had any point guard not named Chris Paul. Because Booker likes to run, Bridges likes to run, Eaton can actually run a bit for a big man. 
and they also have Crowder at the power forward spot, and he can run. I like the over. I think you'll just see a bit of a faster-paced game, and I think that this total is too low. So I'm going to go with the over. All right. Next game, on to sleep. Yeah, I kind of like the over. Um, I, I, I'm kind of leaning to just blindly taking overs today and okay. seeing how I do. I think, I think that's going to be my, my play for – because there's a lot of games that I just – handicap wise like the over and then mm-hmm. there's a lot of games where i could lean one way or the other and so i might as well just lean over and see what i do with everything yeah all right next game probably one of the better games of the slate today the Atlanta hawks are traveling to chicago to play the chicago bulls the bulls are laying three and a half at home <laughs> holy shit <laughs> damn <laughs> 237 and a half on the total. Yeah, I mean, you just blindly got to take that over. Like, it's just holy. And it's not even the highest total on the board. That's the crazy thing. All right. Scott, the Bulls are laying three and a half against Atlanta at home. What are you doing? Well, first of all, I agree with you on the over. I'll get back to that in a second. Besides the interesting part, because Chicago, I believe, opened up at four around four, four and a half, and money has come in on Atlanta. John Collins is expected to be out, and Chicago's mm. getting Levine back. Oh, so, I forgot to go through the injury report. On principle, I'm taking Chicago because we've seen how well they played because DeRozan went nuclear for the last couple of weeks because he had to. Now Levine's back, of course. He was an all-star, averaging 24-plus points per game. Collins might not be worth the contract that he is getting right now, but I think we would agree – He's probably the second best offensive player on Atlanta's team. Is that fair? Mm, yeah, yeah, because everybody else has been spotty. You can argue Bogdanovich, but I'd say that Collins is a little bit more. No, he's been he's been really he's been really really like really really streaky this year, even yeah. more than what he normally is. He's not a guaranteed you know scoring asset. So mm-hmm. yeah, I would say John Collins is. Their so that's kind of my point. If you're expecting a bunch of points in this game, and Atlanta's missing its second best offensive player and Chicago's getting its second-best offensive player back, I got to take Chicago at home. I'll let you talk about the side, but I, I got a lot of thoughts on the total. Yeah. Uh, just quickly to run through the injury report, is basically clean except for, you know, the long-term injuries for Chicago Bulls. Lonzo's uh, ramping up his running recently. Caruso has been doing dribbling drills. And Patrick Williams has been working with the basketball again. All three are still out with their long-term injuries. And like you said, John Collins is doubtful for this game. He's going to be out. And yep. uh, Deang is out for this game, personal reasons as well. So a couple of people missing out for Atlanta. I am not comfortable fading Chicago at home when I know that they're going to have DeMar DeRozan in the fourth quarter. Because I can ultimately, ultimately, I can see Clint Capella having a very good game. Because what the fuck do the Bulls have on the interior? I think Trey Young can, you know, show out a little bit, especially because he was slightly underwhelming in the All Star game. And I think that they'll be in this game for a good portion of it. But DeMar DeRozan. And what he's been doing in the fourth quarter is absolutely insane. It is really, like, insane. And so, 
yes, here comes Zach. Like you said, they're getting their second best score. Chicago's still fighting for one of the top seeds. Now, I know this is going to be a big game for Atlanta to get up for to knock off, you know, the second seed in the East right now and get a really big win and keep, you know, cutting away and solidifying the, their spot in a playing game. I'm not I'm I'm not gonna fade Chicago in this spot. I think this is a Atlanta is a decent team, not a great team. And this seems like the games that the Chicago Bulls are just able to handle teams and get quality wins in. So I'm with you. I'm gonna take the Bulls in the three and a half on the side here. Your thoughts on the total. First of all, total opened at two thirty and a half and now it's at two thirty seven and a half. For the record, I had a YouTube video with a pick last night. I had the over 234 and a half. So I was pretty happy when I woke up this morning and it was about a three and a half point line move. I was pretty happy when I woke up. Uh, I love the over a lot more, 234 and a half, I'll tell you that much, but I still like the over. Uh, just to go through some points I made in my video, uh, four of Atlanta's last five games have had at least 239 points. So they've just been playing track meet basketball. This is the third meeting this season. The first two meetings landed exactly 248. So you have seen a lot of points when these teams get together. And Atlanta, even though this team is fighting for a playing spot right now, Atlanta has the second-best offense in the league, according to efficiency mm-hmm. numbers, and Chicago ranks fourth. So you have two top-four offenses going at it, where the two previous times they landed exactly 248. I think each team gets to 120 here. I like the over mm-hmm. anyway. Yeah. Yeah, no, I I really don't have anything else. You hit everything on the hit. Just talking about the side one more time. I think if I'm betting this game, I'm probably looking for a live betting opportunity with Atlanta because I don't think Atlanta is going to be down and out in this game at all. Yeah. I actually wouldn't be surprised if Atlanta got out into a lead on the road. Mm-hmm. And that's when I would come in and try to catch the Bulls money line. Like If I can get a situation where I can get plus money on a Bulls money line, I'm absolutely going to take that. The three and a half, I'm I'm taking for the show. I'm kind of, I'm actually really leaning a little bit towards Atlanta because I just feel like this could be a situation where it's a Demar Derozan buzzer beater again. The line but looks extremely trappy. A three three. It does. It yeah, it really does. And ugh, I'm about to talk myself out of this already. I just picked them. I'm already about to talk myself out of it. But it really, it just, it doesn't feel right. And it opened up at four. It's sitting there at three and a half now. I would assume, and you talked about that, I would assume money is on Chicago. I don't understand who really thinks that Atlanta is going to come out here and get a win. I'm not going to say that. I don't think the public assumes that they're going to come out here and get a win. I do think Atlanta's in this game. I do. All right, fuck it. I'm going to Atlanta plus three and a half. I'll tell you one prop uh, I don't mind here. I mentioned it before. I don't mind Atlanta uh, leading at halftime. And Chicago leading at the end of the game, plus yeah, 560. Yeah, sounds plus, good. Plus 560 sounds pretty interesting to me because I do think if Atlanta's going to remain competitive in this game, they have to jump them early because if yeah. they try to play catch up in the second half, it's not going to go well. It's not. It, it's really not. Because I think if Atlanta is down by halftime, it's going to get ugly and it's going to be yeah. one of those, you know, blowout type of wins. And. Because they're just – they really – I can't even – maybe I'm not remembering. Maybe it's because we've been without basketball for a little while. But I just don't remember too many times Atlanta is roaring back to win a game. The only one I could think of is when they played the Lakers. I remember they beat – And it's the Lakers. I remember they beat the Bucks on MLK Day. 
when they came from behind in the fourth. But I think that's pretty much yeah, it. yeah, yeah. That one, that that one too. Yep. So I was on Atlanta in that game too. Um. All right. Let me go. Hold on. I just want to pull something up and try to. Yes, this is what I thought. I knew that this was a trend somewhere. I just couldn't remember where it was. There we go. Atlanta first half spread. They are six and three, six three and one in their last ten in the first half. Chicago Bulls are closer to five hundred at five and five, but Atlanta's number three in the league in the first half in their last ten games. Six and three, six three and one. Goes back to my point. I don't mind the plus five sixty play. Yeah, at Atlanta yeah, I, first I like half and Chicago full game. And then I'm live betting. Chicago after after I get Chicago in plus money range, I would lie bet Chicago for a win. Yeah. All right. Let's keep it moving. Let's keep it moving. We've got my guys. The Minnesota Timberwolves are hosting the Memphis Grizzlies. The Grizzlies are coming in as a one and a half point favorite on the road against the Minnesota Timberwolves. And this is the game with the highest total on the slate. 239 and a half. This total opened up at 228, 238 and a half, not 28, 238 and a half. Half a point uptick on the side. Opened up minus one for Memphis. They're currently at minus one and a half. Let's go into the injury report and see what's going on with these teams. We have the Memphis Grizzlies, who are still without Dylan Brooks. Said he could return in early March. It's not early March just yet. Dylan Brooks is still out for the Minnesota Timberwolves. McKinley Wright. It won't be available for this game. Other than that, pretty clean sheet for them. Scott, what are you doing against the third best team in the Western Conference in the league right now? I think this game is really just tough to call, of course, because it's a one-and-a-half point spread. But everything we've seen in the first half is telling you to take Memphis just because of how good they've been and how dominant they've been. But mm-hmm. the home team right now is 3-0. In this series, it's going to be the fourth meeting. Uh, the home team, of course, won the first three. I'm going to go Minnesota. I'm going to go with a bit of a spin here. I just feel like one and a half is daring you to take Memphis, and I'm not going to take the bait. I'm going to take Minnesota at home. It's been a few times that we've had this one and a half point spread, and the spread has hit, but the money line has not. And it's really like fucked us up recently. <laughs> I can't even. I can't remember what game it was where I had the Bulls. Like my, I think it was against the Pacers. I had the Bulls minus one and a half, and the Pacers came came back and lost by one. And I was literally sick to my stomach. However, Carl Anthony Towns is the best shooting big man. Best shooting big man ever. Three-point champion, three-point champion, and skills champion, Carl Anthony Towns. Get him in the dunk contest. Hey, look, I bet you he would have won if he was in it this year. I'm almost positive he would have won that joint if he was in it this year. Either way, Cat's been playing like a man on a mission recently. He really has. And I don't. I've said this plenty of times, and I said that I don't believe there are a whole bunch of unguardable players. Like there's a lot of transcendent players, but there are a lot of players that are unguardable and you just cannot. And when they get out their head, they are possibly one of the best players in the league. Cat is one of those people that he is completely unguardable. People have tried to tell this man this before, and he's not been listening. He's finally getting it through his skull, through this stretch of games he's having. But Cat is unfreaking guardable, man. And so... I think Steven Adams is barbecue chicken today. 
trying to stop him. And I wouldn't be surprised if Cat actually pulled him out the paint and started shooting a little bit more in this game, which makes me a tad bit concerned. But after that three-point contest, sure, why not? I already have a hard time fading this Minnesota team when they have Cat, Ant-Man, and D'Lo all playing because that trio is really good and they have a connection with each other where they actually started to get it going. And when one of them is down, the other two pick up the slack. 3-0, home trend. I like it. I will take Minnesota plus the one and a half. I do like a money line play on them as well. It feels like a game where Minnesota wants to make a statement by beating one of the top teams in the West. And also getting, you know, solidifying their spot in, for a playoff run. Because Minnesota is fighting to get in the playoffs right now. And it looks like they're going to be in the playing game. But having that seven seed and having that, you know, that edge over – and they're really not even solidified a playing game. Denver can fall out. I don't think Dallas falls out. I think Dallas is actually going to uptick up and surpass Utah. But Denver can absolutely fall out. They think that they have a chance for a six seed and they want to solidify a playoff run. I do think this team is really good. Carl Anthony Towns is going to lead them. Very good year for uh, – Minnesota's coach as well. Mm -hmm. I'm on Minnesota here. I think that they get the upset and they beat the Memphis Grizzlies. And John Morant here, any thoughts on a total? Are we just going blind over again? I feel like this one's kind of tricky because Edwards has been really good against uh, Memphis this season. He's averaging like 26 Mm -hmm. plus points per game. But Mm -hmm. the last two games leading into the break, he was god-awful. He went 0 for 8 his last game. I forgot what he went the game prior, but I think he shot 16% from the floor. He was a mess. Like, he was coasting into the All-Star break. And Minnesota's team, because of the selflessness of the offense, they really don't give Towns enough shots. Like, Mm -hmm. Towns should be walking into 20 shot attempts per game. And against Toronto, he had 14. Like, I I don't know how you don't give him 20 shots per game. Can you explain that to me? No, and no, I told you. I just sat here and went on a rant about how he how he was unguardable. <laughs> so there's no reason he should. There, he can definitely have games where he goes 16 for 20 and 30 points easy. The like argument that's, that's easy yeah. work for him. The argument I'll make. I'm actually going to take the under. It's because the first meeting ended up going to overtime. That landed in the 240s, so that went under in regulation. Then you had the next game which landed 233 in regulation. And the last game landed 224 in regulation. So based on this current number, you're 3-0 to the under in the meetings this season. I'm going to take the under. Yeah, I'm kind of bought into my just blind betting overs today. Let's see. I, I don't mind. I'm just looking at the head-to-heads. I, I think yeah. this total is a bit too high. Yeah. It, no, it's, it's extremely high. Oh, man. All right. There are never enough things to gamble on, and one thing, one sport that runs 365 days a year is horse racing. The best part is now there's a new way to play the ponies, especially if you are brand new to the sport. Check out Stable Duel, a fantasy-style DFS app where you can play free and paid games for real cash prizes. Pick your horses, build your stable, and play against others to move up the leaderboard. You can win as much as $15,000 with one entry. 
Don't know anything about horses? Not to worry. The app gives you clear data on which horses to select to build your best strategy. The app is free to download at StableDuel.com. Multiple games are offered each day with free weekly games at tracks all over the United States. Get in the app, create your account, and start building your stables today. Invite your friends to play against you or play against our stables. You can even follow them in the app, and we can compare our own stats. Download now at StableDuel.com and see how many winners you can pick in your stable. See you in the winner's circle. Play, race, win. We're also brought to you by PropSwap, where America buys and sells sports bets. March Madness is around the corner, and PropSwap is your place to cash in on the big dance. Every season, PropSwapers make thousands of dollars by simply buying and selling college basketball teams. And now, the time to find those Cinderella's while the odds are high. So, get it in your sports book, buy a handful of tickets, and list them on PropSwap. Remember, only one team needs to make a run, and that ticket will pay for the rest. PropSwap has thousands of buyers across the country, so you'll always find the best odds and collect the most money for your bets. Hurry and download the free PropSwap app today. PropSwap has fantastic features like filtering listed tickets based on the best value, a free activity feed to stay in the know with all the big sales and red-hot tickets for sale, a loyalty rewards program that turns your ticket sales into extra bonus cash, and a first deposit cash match. Use promo code SGP on your first deposit, and PropSwap will match your deposit up to $500. Join the real sports bettors on PropSwap, where America buys and sells sports bets. The SGPN app is now live in the App Store and Google Play Store. The app gives you easy access to our picks and podcasts. Don't forget to toss us an app review and download the SGPN app today. Scott, last two games on the slate. We have the Golden State Warriors traveling to Portland to play the, I mean. Whatever the Julie version is of the Trailblazers. Yeah, well, I'm, what is, I don't even, <laughs> I guess they're playing the Portland Trailblazers. This line opened up at six, and for good reason, is now sitting at 10, 224 on the total. Let's start with Golden State, the injury report. Andre Godawa is still out. Draymond Green is still out. He said that he hopes to come back in three to four weeks on the All-Star telecast. And James Wiseman is out, but he's going to probably be making uh, an appearance in the Warriors G League affiliate before coming back to his NBA debut for this season. So look out for him in upcoming weeks. For the Portland Trailblazers, the big news. Nurk is sidelined for four weeks with a left foot plantar fasciitis. That's it. Yeah, close enough. Yeah, either way. He's out with a foot injury for four weeks. So, (laughs) Eric Bledsoe is out with Achilles injury. Keon Johnson is probable with an ankle injury. Brandon Williams signed a two-year deal with them. They needed some help, so now they brought in Brandon Williams. Joe Ingles was traded here, but he's out for the season, so that doesn't matter. Keon Johnson better play because this might be the only time he ever gets NBA minutes. Yeah, at this point, this team is decimated by injuries. Whoo-wee. Anthony Simons over point, points over? I mean, Imagine the movie Space Jam, the original, right? You got the tune squad. Taking Michael Jordan 
and replace him with Anthony Simons. That's what we got for Portland right now. They have nobody. They have absolutely <laughs> nobody besides one guy. And Josh Hart. Oh, man. Like, Josh Hart's okay. Josh Hart's the Lola Bunny of this discussion. Like, he's got some talent. He's Lola Bunny. Okay. <laughs> like, he's okay. But, I mean, you're going down the line here. Like, LRB would never play on any given team. Winslow has had a bunch of injury issues. Of course, he was a Duke. He was okay. He's meh. And Watford never plays, but now he has to because Nurkic is going to be out. But Portland sucks. I mean, you can make an argument that this starting five is the worst starting five in all of basketball. And Simons is the only thing preventing this from being an actual G League team. I'm going to go with Golden State because they've won the first two meetings by double digits. And you're hoping with the All-Star break, Curry hit a bunch of threes in the All-Star game, so maybe he got himself back on track. But I do think Clay could also use the time off just because of the fact that he was playing basically every game since returning. I got to go Golden State here because unless Simons actually goes for like 30 or 35, or even if he does. Yeah, do I think who else any, is scoring? <laughs> uh, do I think anybody else on Portland's worth a damn? The answer is no. So I'm going to take Golden State potentially by 20. They really should bury this team. So Golden State is losers of four of the last five with the one win being against the Lakers. <laughs> so, if there's ever – they have to beat the shit out of this team today. I'm there's really – like, I haven't – even, even being losers of four of the last five, I really don't have any concerns with the Warriors, honestly. But if they don't beat the shit out of the Trailblazers today, there's going to be some solid – like, if Steph and Clay don't go off today, there's actually going to be some solid concerns for me. Mm-hmm. Maybe not so much as Clay. But Steph, absolutely. <laughs> there's gonna be some. There's gonna be some solid concerns for me with this team and this roster. I've been a proponent that I think that the Warriors have a system that's going on that doesn't demand for you to know exactly who's gonna be the next guy up when you get deeper into that rotation because somebody always ends up stepping up. However, this has to be a game that they win by. 15, 20 points. They have yeah. to beat the shit out of this Trailblazers team. You have to start putting together a lot of wins, and you got to hope that this Chris Paul news kind of slows down the momentum of the Suns to even think that you somewhat have a chance at a one seed. I think we're all locking the Suns into the one seed right now. Chris Paul news actually changed that a little bit for some. Mm-hmm. But this is the – if Golden State ever feels like they have an opportunity, it has to be now, and they have to go and put together a lot of wins with the 20-plus games, 25-plus games that they have left. They, so, need to, they need to win at basically a 70% clip, in my opinion. Yeah, absolutely. Like, at, I, would, I would honestly say a little bit better than that. I don't even mean for the one seed. I just mean for the sake of entering the playoffs. They really need to – go into another gear, at least start to. I know Draymond's coming mm-hmm. back midway through that, but you got to show signs. I mean, you've been sleepwalking against bad teams for the last couple of weeks. This yeah, is a perfect absolutely. tune-up spot after the All-Star break. Absolutely, and that's 100% what I think this is. I'll take Golden State in 10 points here. You know I'm on the over. Do you have anything on the total? I don't even know if I like the over because I don't know if Portland gets to 100. I really don't know. Like, this is one of those games that Golden State could win 130 to one to, to just 100 flat, and it technically goes over. 
but Portland didn't do a damn thing. Yeah. I guess I'm leaning to the under because I really think that Portland will not get to 100 in this game. I think my favorite play is Portland team total under because I really don't know how they're going to score. I have no idea. I'm just going to blindly bet on Anthony Simons and Josh Hart. And I think for totals, it's a pretty it. simple idea. You take the no, team total yeah. under for Portland. You take the over for Golden State, whichever way yeah. you want it. Easy enough. Easy enough there. All right. We finished the night cap off. Well, morning cap for me. With the Denver Nuggets traveling to Sacramento to play the Sacramento Kings. The Denver Nuggets are laying four and a half. This line opened up at five. 233 and a half on the total. That total comes skyrocketing up from 227 and a half. We have another home dog here. Sacramento Kings. They've actually done pretty decent since the trade. What are you doing here? This line is, well, we just talked about it for Golden State, but I'm going to mention this uh, for Denver as well from the opposite side. I feel like Denver is one of the worst teams the All-Star break could have happened for because they were actually playing really good ball leading up to the break. They won three in a row, beat Toronto, they beat Golden State, had a nice buzzer beater there by Monty Morris, but they were playing really well. And I do always wonder, of course, there's no way to really find out because everything's a case study, but how, I want to kind of find out how teams do when they were entering the break on a massive, or I'd say quality performances just strung together, and then look mm-hmm. at them after the All-Star break. Selective mm-hmm. recall, they struggle. But of course, that's, you're going to find different things for different teams. I'm going to go with Sacramento here. Because even though the Kings are 22-38, and they're terrible. They're two games under at home, which compared to the overall record is really not that bad. Just the Kings are a terrible road team. But I do think that Fox and Sabonis in a pick and roll can give Denver's defense problems. And I do think that Sacramento has some outside shooting. Denver, I'm looking at their team. We know Jokic is ridiculous. I still don't like the supporting cast. I mean, nobody does. I mean, you're just waiting for Murray to come back or maybe even Porter. But I'm going to go mm-hmm. with the Kings. In the, ga- in the day after the All-Star break, I feel like there's a lot of uncertainty in general because you don't know which teams are going to be fully motivated or fully just focused on the game. This is one of those random games Sacramento look really good in. First game post-All-Star break, and you think they might be turning a corner, and then they lose six in a row. I'm going to take the mm-hmm. Kings. I feel like it's a good spot for them to get points at home following the All-Star break. So I'm on the first half over for this game. Okay. I, th- I guess I think a lot of points. That's one of my favorite plays today, the first half over for the Kings Nuggets. I am also on the four and a half. I like a money line play on the Kings today. I think they're I really do. I think that I think this is a game where the Nuggets come in sleeping, and it's 100% everything that you just said, that they're riding that win streak. They just had a really big win against the Warriors to go into the All-Star mm-hmm. break, and now they were just – majority of that team was just sitting tootling their thumbs, waiting to get back out there. I think that that really kills their momentum. Yeah. I'm, I'm 100% uh, – I'm 100% with fading them, especially a Kings team that lost two bad road games going into the All-Star. They got – 
absolutely demolished by the Nets, and then they lost to the Bulls. And so I don't think that they're bad. I don't think they're good either. But I honestly think the Nuggets are fraudulent. I don't think the, I don't think the Nuggets are that good either. The fact that the Nuggets are but, eight games over despite all the injuries is just ridiculously impressive. Yeah, and that's but that's what I'm saying. Is yeah. it feels like they've been overachieving for the first half of the season. They have. And this this 100% feels like it's just, call it gut handicapping because the Nuggets have been playing better defense re- as of recently and the Kings have well, you know what the Kings do defensively. But this just like you said, this feels like a spot where the Kings can go get a lot of points at home. I like somebody like a DiVincenzo to have an impact off the bench for the Kings. And, and I do like Trey Lyles, actually. I really do think he, um, he could find a nice little role for them and get some really good minutes for the Kings going on here. This just feels – this feels like a De'Aaron – it really does feel like a De'Aaron Fox Sabonis. And then if Harrison Barnes is going in this game too, I think that's too much. I think that's going to end up being too much for them. I don't know so, who Denver can guard Fox. Yeah, no, nobody's slowing him down. Nobody's slowing him down. And he's, he's getting to the room, and they don't have any interior defender that's really going to slow him down when he gets to the room. Because Jokic isn't scaring me on defense at all. So, yeah, give me Sacramento. I really do like Sacramento in this game. I'm going with the over. All right. Well. Yeah, I'm all over the over. We all. But I, this is one of my favorite overs. So, if I had to list out my favorite overs, because – I told you I'm just going to blindly take them all today and just see what happens. But if I had to list out my favorite overs, number one would probably be – it might actually be that one. That might be my favorite one. Over Atlanta? Oh, that's a really good one too. Okay, 1A is Atlanta and Chicago. 1B is Denver and Sacramento. And then we go into it. Three would probably be the over in Phoenix and OKC. And then four would have to be Minnesota and Memphis. That's how I rank one through four. You like the Minnesota one over the Boston one? Yeah, I do. I do. Even though I feel, even though I am on the over in Boston and I I do feel pretty good like that. I like Minnesota because Minnesota just, they give up a whole bunch of points, but they have players that nobody just can can be able to stop. And I don't think Memphis is going to be able to stop them. Jaron Jackson Jr., it's going to be interesting to see what Jaron Jackson Jr. does for Cat, but I just don't think, even though Jaron Jackson Jr. is in Defensive Player of the Year category, I just can't see him holding Cat at all. Yeah. And he's more than likely going to be Cat's number one defender. Well, today, what does Cat have on him, like Adams. 40 pounds, 50 pounds? Yeah, yeah. Overtake? Yeah. It's, it's going to be tough. It's going to be Jaron Jackson I think Jaron Jackson Jr. and Steven Adams are just going to be uh, barbecue chicken tonight for cat. Yeah. I All right. And we're getting into the best part of the show, our lock and dog. Scott, what's your lock and dog for the day? So my lock on the overnight was the over in the Atlanta game, but now it's gone up another three and a half points. Now I can't take it on the show because I do <laughs> think that's a little bit too high. It's going to be Golden State minus the 10. Mm-hmm. I know that anytime you get, you give out a double digit favorite on the lock portion, you better be mm-hmm. right. I literally called Josh Hart Lola Bunny. Like, this team is awful. Like, they're going to get killed. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what more you want from it. Like, Golden yeah. State, I know that, of course, they're still not a full strength. If they want me to take them seriously, 
as a as a title contender, you mm-hmm. got to take out the trash, especially post All Star game. Your team was struggling leading up to it. Curry, I know it's an All Star game exhibition, but he still managed to find his three point shot. It's really a great spot for Golden State to just take out any frustrations they had from the first half, refocus, and bury this team by 30. And Simons, even if he plays well, which he's very capable of doing, I don't know who's the second best scorer on this Portland team. It might actually be Josh Josh Hart. And if you have to go against Clay, Steph, all-star Andrew Wiggins, and you throw in some bench guys like Poole got a massive extension, good for him. Golden State has too many guys. Golden State could name the score here. I'm taking the Warriors. All right. We got you now. Warriors minus 10. What's your dog? I'm going to ask you for this one. For my dog, do I go for a double or do I go for a home run? Whew. Oh, man. Hey, hey, the villain really means telling you to go for the home run, but uh, – I'll say it, what both of them are, but okay. I think I'll go for the home run. My double was Detroit getting the points okay. against Cleveland. I feel like even though that involves taking the worst team in the league, it's a great spot with Cleveland missing mm-hmm. some guys. My home run's going to be Oklahoma City, and I'm going with Oklahoma City. Oh I'm going to go gosh, for it. Scott. Just because, first of all, I think Oklahoma City is going to cover. So I do think that they'll keep the game close. But I have no idea how Phoenix without Chris Paul facing off against an Oklahoma City team with Shea back is favored by 10. This is really Mm -hmm. confusing to me. And I get that money is coming on Phoenix because record-wise, they should bury this team. Chris Paul, even though he gets injured every year, We've seen how much he just means to this team when he's healthy. And even though Aaron Holiday is now their backup point guard and he's starting and he's been okay in his short NBA career, there's a massive drop-off there. And I do think that Phoenix is obviously capable of winning this game. But Oklahoma City's been a little bit sneaky, and they've been good at covering the numbers. So if I think they're going to keep it within 10, they're at home against a Phoenix team that really struggled against Houston when Chris Paul was uh, ended up getting ejected in that game leading up to the All-Star break. I'm going to go for the home run. Give me Oklahoma City on the money line at home. Plus 400 odds. Four to one. Let's go. That is the energy I needed on the return of the NBA from the All-Star break. 100%. It could go really badly, yes. but I'm just, just going to go with it. No, no. I'm it's going to go great. It. Let's go. Because we already got the 10. Now they just need to get – Get over, get over that hump. That Just no, stop Booker. I love it. Anybody but Booker. That's all you got to do. Yeah, no, I, I 100 like that. And I'm having the Suns give me a little bit of pause. I want to see what they do without Chris Paul for this stretch because they they giving me a little bit of pause going into the playoffs. Not necessarily for them in the early rounds, but what they'll do in the Western Conference Finals and NBA Finals if they get there. So very slightly, slightly concerned, but. It may be nothing. I may just be paranoid looking to see how they do in the second half of this season. I mean, with Chris Paul out, I'm, I'm willing to take a gamble at plus 400 to see how they look. Yeah, 100%. No, 100%. I love it. All right. For my lock, I was going to play Golden State. You play Golden State. I kind of like that. I don't like double locking because it just never goes well for us. So, I'm going to pivot. 
and let's just say let's let's take Minnesota plus one and a half. I think that this could be possibly one of the better games of the night. I'm not too certain why this line is only I mean, I guess yes, Memphis is on the road, but Memphis has kind of been clearly playing like the better team. And I guess that is a testament to them saying how good they know Minnesota can be. I like the home team to sweep this, you know, 3-0 and already. I think this is an opportunity for the home team to get another really good win here. And that that trio, this this is probably one of the more healthy Minnesota teams we've seen all season with everybody playing against uh, Memphis, who although they've been piecing lineups together, they've still been playing really, really good. And if – Minnesota can get anything, anything going defensively in this game after All-Star break, then I think that they have a really good chance to be in this one. So I like Minnesota here. I'll take them plus the one and a half. That's my lock. Going double dog here. Well, I guess you call them a dog. But, yeah, so double dog. Let's go with the Sacramento Kings on the money line against the Denver Nuggets. I'm going to fade the Denver Nuggets on that three-game win streak going into the All-Star break. They come out slow today. The Sacramento Kings get some hot shooting from Harrison Barnes, get some hot shooting from DeAndre Fox. Is this where we see a Harrison Barnes triple-double? Do I play Harrison Barnes and Jokic triple-double and just parlay them together? Probably so. Probably get some very nice odds of that. This is going to be a good one. I think a lot of points are scored. That opens up the door for a triple-double for both parties. And Sacramento gets a very, very good win against Denver at home. So give me that. Sacramento plus 155 on the money line. So anything you else you have for, for us? Barnes, we got but, but I like the Kings play. Did I say Barnes? Did I say Barnes? Barnes. I, think I missed the bonus. Barnes. Yeah, you said yeah, Barnes. That's why you threw shit. me off. Oh, I did. Holy shit! What the fuck? Said Barnes. I'm like, this is a pretty good yeah. payout. I'm like, I don't think now you watch need to parlay for that payout. Like that's now watch Barnes you get. Is... Now watch you get one. <laughs> no, yeah, Sabonis and Jokic. I think I was on Barnes because I think I think today is a Barnes day. I think today is a Barnes. It feels like a Barnes day. All right. Anything else for us before we get out of here? Uh, not really. Uh, definitely happy NBA's back. It seems like a lot of us. A lot of the games we were leaning towards dogs just because of the uncertainty of coming back from break. And just a reminder, just because a team looked really good before the break doesn't mean they're going to look like the same team after the break. So keep that in mind. I don't want to say tread lightly immediately after the All-Star break, but definitely keep your eyes open for stuff that maybe you notice that's different regarding a team that you bet on or something like that. But I feel like it makes sense to take a wait-and-see approach for some of these games, maybe on unit size or just based on the actual volume of games that you're Mm -hmm. betting. I still like the plays I gave out, but keep in mind that you might see some strange things the first couple of days post-All-Star break. And just know that it's a lot of money in in rotation tonight. Mm -hmm. A lot of money in rotation tonight. People have been betting on these games for, well, about a good part of a week now. Looking forward to it. So it's a lot of money going in rotation tonight. Some weird things can happen. For me, 
thank you everybody who wished me a happy birthday yesterday. Appreciate all the love. Appreciate everything. Love doing the podcast with you guys. We are going crazy up the charts. Appreciate all all the support. Please keep remembering to send. Keep sending reviews. Keep sending shooting us reviews. Even though the contest is over, if you have not hit us up to get your jersey, you need to go back to episode three hundred. Give it a listen and figure out who the winners are and send us a DM so we can give you the jerseys. We haven't sent the jerseys out yet. Uh, my villain rail jersey is on the way. Is on the way. I'm not sure if it's gonna be here before. Which, which might... team did he get? Jazz. Remember he, he jazz. did the jazz. Yeah, yeah, sure yeah. We jazz. did. Okay. Oh yeah, yeah. We got the jazz villain rail jersey. It's on the way, so I can't wait to get that. Wear that. I'll probably send a picture out wearing that. Love that idea. Appreciate the jazz for making me so much money this season. All right, Scott. Let's get up out of here. We're still, you know. We've been doing this for so long. We've been doing this for a while. And come up with an outro, I still, bro. I know, I know. But like it's just nothing catchy that's coming to me. It's really nothing. And I want something cool. Like, you know, Ryan's got the like not yeah, Ryan doesn't even have one. Sean does it. Sean just pauses after Ryan's name and then Ryan just says something cool and it's different every single time, but it's cool. And then Sean ends with Kramer. And just let it ride, and it's cool. And then Moonoff has to break the books off, and I'm just like, he got that from the MLB. He brought that over from the MLB podcast and brought it here, and it's been still working. And yet, I can't get a cool saying. I just want a cool saying, something cool. I mean, something you can that's go with like, the company motto and just go let it ride if you want to take that approach. No, because that's the company <laughs> motto, and everybody does that. So it's not. I need something that's unique to me, and that the people understand that it's me. So unfortunately, I still do not know how I'm going to end this pod. So I'm gonna just end it by saying. We're out. Basketball, give me, give me, give me the ball because I'm gonna go get it.